This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar here, along with ESPN's Courtney Cronin, as we prepare for the not-as-important preseason game number four. And we will get into the players who really need this, need a good performance on Thursday night. But first, Courtney, you and the rest of the ESPN Nation folks, football nation, what do you call it? NFL Nation. NFL Nation. Football Nation, I think, is better. But um, you all did 53-man roster projections. And I am curious at where you struggled the most to decide what the Minnesota Vikings will do at which positions. This thing took me a while, and it was there were several different position groups, wide receiver being one of them, secondary being another, where I just I had five different variations before I got to where I was, and even now I'm not so sure. Um, I just kind of put a disclaimer out on Twitter, like letting people know my thought process of how I got where I am. It's tough because, and, and I guess I can just kind of start with the ones that I'm really struggling with. Let's go with wide receivers. To me, after Mike Boone did what he did against Seattle, and you know he's the first, he's the first of the reserves that are out there getting those snaps. Rock Thomas was not inactive, but did not play for whatever reason. That to me closed further closed the door on that competition for wide, for running back number three. That to me before this was the hardest position to pick. Yeah. Now not so much. Um, still, Rock Thomas could probably even that out maybe and make it a harder decision come Thursday. I know you say it's not an important game. This is the Super Bowl for some players. It is, yeah. For Storm Norton, this is his Super Bowl. Let's not forget that. For Peter Pujols, this one's big. Same with Sloter, too. Anyways. Yeah. We'll get um, to that. Wide receivers. I am really struggling after the first three. The two that 100% deserve to be there. Another that is only there because of what his uh, contract is and how much it would cost to cut him. Beyond Laquan Treadwell, Adam Thielen, and Stephon Diggs, I think they keep two more because they have so many other needs Mm -hmm. on this roster, along the defensive line, along the offensive line, that they just don't need six receivers right now. So the ones that I have are Stacey Coley and Chad Beebe. Let's start with Chad. Chad's done everything possible in the preseason with these heroic late-game comebacks against their 
third stringers. Let's not let's not get it twisted. This isn't you know, put take that with a grain of salt. But he's done everything needed to stand out in a group of people who have just not stood out. Kendall Wright has not stood out. Stacey Coley really hasn't stood out. Tavares King, Corey Robertson, uh, Jake Winicky. List goes on and on. It's a lot of players, but there's no real front runner. So. That one I struggled with. The reason I have Coley on there potentially going to IR if whatever's ailing him is going to keep him out much longer because that way you could have a spot for someone like Brandon Zilstra to to make the roster right Right. now. And you also have to factor in Caleb Jones is eligible to come back from suspension after four weeks, kind of like the Michael Floyd situation we saw last year. So maybe they cut a Zilstra or a BB at that point. Um, You know, should, should he come back and should... But it all depends on kind of what happens with Stacey Coley, too, because he had a good showing in Denver, and he just has been injured since the pre- since uh, spring. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy, which you also might factor into somebody who's trying to make the team. Maybe it's not worth it. So I've come around on Kendall Wright, and not because of anything Kendall Wright has done, but just because of the, the situation. The experience factor? Well, the situation, really. Yeah. I, I mean, yes, and the experience factor. And the fact that when Stefan Diggs got popped the other night by a linebacker and went out, that Kendall Wright was the guy who came in. And that made me think, okay, maybe as poor as he has had of a showing in training camp and as little money as it would take to cut ties with him, there just hasn't been anybody else to really step up and shine aside from Chad Beebe. And Beebe strikes me as the type of guy who's a number six or a practice squad type player. Now, maybe they want to reward someone like him. Maybe they want to look at him and say, hey, you did everything we asked you to do and you actually performed when you got in these games. So you're going to go ahead of this guy or this guy or this guy. But with Kendall Wright, Everything behind him has very little experience. I mean, Stacey Coley has zero catches. Brandon Zilstra, zero catches. Tavares King, a couple of catches last year, he and had that's about it. a couple of drops this year in the preseason. And, right, and then he hasn't been able to stay healthy either. So the fact that Wright it has been healthy and is here and has experience, I say he stays because of that. But if you're looking at who's performed, he is definitely not at the top of the list. And, and neither is Stacy Coley, but I just take a look at some of the return capabilities that he has as well. And just, you know, special teams. The thing that I find interesting, Kendall Wright said on Monday that he's not been asked to play special teams. So maybe there's a little bit of a friction there because Mike Zimmer said, you know, at the beginning of camp, special teams going to come into play for any of the bottom tier wide receivers. Well, that's not necessarily True. He said that last year, too, and Jerry's right, barely played special teams. Um, Laquan's really the only one who did. I'm trying to think of any of the guys who were beneath that. I mean, Michael Floyd didn't play special teams. So that could just be a talking point and not actually something that comes to fruition. Well, last year they included Coley and Rodney Adams made the original roster, so maybe they... Proved it a little bit, but they were also the draft picks, and yeah, that's and probably was, why they didn't want to cut them. It was so minimal, though. Yeah, Coley, right. Coley's snaps on special teams were, you know, in the, in the single digits. If I if I'm correct on that, like yeah. there's, I, I don't think it's that big of a harping point. Um, something you can really like, you know, hang your hat on. These guys are big special teams threats. Right. Laquan Treadwell is because that's just that's mm-hmm. just a fact of the matter. But your first round pick should be more than. 
a, uh, a special teamer. Right. So I, I'm with you on your process there of thinking, here's the guys who have performed. And then Coley, like you said, he was good against Denver. And I think also at times during training camp, except for just he's been injured. So if he's on IR, do we think if he goes on IR, do we believe that it will be Kendall Wright, that he is the next man up? Or is there someone else? Because Zilstra hurt. And then yeah. didn't do anything the other night. This is going to be a huge fourth preseason game for him, but I think he's out as of right now. As of right now, I say yes, he's out. I agree with you there, but it comes down to Kendall Wright and Brandon Zilstra in my mind. Um, a guy like Zilstra, too, can you sneak him back onto the practice squad? Maybe. Chad Beebe, you probably have a better chance of doing that. I know there was all this buzz yesterday that maybe the Patriots will go after <laughs> and get him uh, if the Vikings decide to waive him. I don't think that's probably going to come to fruition. But, yeah, fourth preseason game, if you're looking at two players to potentially beat out anybody that we have um, among the five wide receivers, I go with Kendall Wright and I go with Brandon Zilstra. And, and Zimmer did say that Zilstra will probably play on Friday. He's yeah, he, like he needs to play. He needs to get out there that, and show that he can do something in a real game and not just in a training camp practice. I, I do think they still like him because he has great hands. It's just that when he doesn't get targeted the other night at all and then you know we're talking about going into the fourth preseason game with no preseason catches it it matters to some extent we asked Zimmer the other day about like camp, uh, camp practices versus the games and you want to see guys perform in both and right now Zilstra has only checked one of those boxes uh what was the second hardest cuz i agree with you the wide receiver is very much up in the air so what else did you struggle with secondary is interesting because the Holton Hill argument. They spent all this money. Granted, it's a drop in the bucket. It was like 85K. Like, that's that's nothing. But they did give out an unprecedented amount to undrafted free agents this year. Um, you know, Rock Thomas, Mike Boone, Holton Hill, guy, Corey Robertson. and But Holton was at the top of the list. He hasn't come on during camp. And, of course, it takes longer for corners. And Mike Zimmer's reiterated that and, you know, talked about it yesterday, saying, you know, he's, he's getting better. He's following his routes better. He's better in man-to-man. Um, but is he ready to contribute right now? Probably not. But that's somebody I just don't think you can risk. I see both arguments. I don't think you can risk him right now because I don't think he's going to make it back to your practice squad. I think somebody will snatch him up when he gets to the waiver wire, and you might not be able to get him back there. But I could also see that, you know, you're you're weighing – what this comes down to is you're weighing Holton Hill and J. Ron Kurse. To me, the George Iloka signing is further pushing J. Ron Kurse out the door. He's not a backup secondary a player in the secondary. He's just not. He's not great at playing safety. He's found lost a lot of times. But he's an incredible punt gunner, and he, what you give, what he gives you on special teams, you might not be able to replicate. We saw how bad they've been on special teams, particularly in the games he has not played. But there's a reason he didn't play in Denver. It has nothing to do with health. There's a reason he didn't play against Jacksonville. That was more so due to injury. Is he on the outside looking in? I say yes. Uh, I do have him on my 53 right now, but it's a toss-up between him and Holton Hill. I could go either way. So what makes it tough for me on the Holton Hill conversation is knowing what's going on injury-wise with Mackenzie Alexander and yeah, with and Mike, Hughes. and Mike Hughes, right? Because if both of those guys can't play in the first couple weeks of the season, and we really don't know because we don't talk about injuries, uh, if those guys are out for any significant amount of time, there needs to be another nickel corner. I mean, it can't just be 
Terrence Newman starting and playing 100% of snaps. Even last year as a starter, played 50% of snaps. So does that mean that Craig James ends up sneaking onto the roster just because they need someone else who could play a nickel corner instead of Holton Hill, who hasn't shown anything. But I agree with you that if they cut Holton Hill, he was so sought after Mm -hmm. coming out of the draft or being an undrafted free agent that someone else would pick him up. There aren't many instances where you worry about that, but the number one UDFA, I think you would. Another thought, because of what they decided that they're going to do with George Iloka. We talked about this yesterday with George Edwards, where they have been giving him some reps as a hybrid linebacker playing close to the line of scrimmage. A, that gives you one less linebacker that you need to have on the roster, which someone asked me on Twitter, do you really think there's five linebackers on this roster? Not necessarily. I have Rashard Cliet right now, but I think A, number one, when, when Kentrell Brothers is done with suspension, he comes back, and, and Cliet would be probably the first candidate to get cut. Now, do you need brothers? Really good on special teams. Yes, really yep. good on special teams, but maybe not as a linebacker depth. Eric Wilson has kind of filled that role, mm-hmm. and you know they don't play base all that much. So you know, even with Ben Gideon, he's still kind of, I would consider him just like a depth piece at this point. Could you see a scenario where with – Everything that Iloka brings, that you see them more in dime and that you wouldn't need to necessarily rely on having Terrence Newman play however many snaps a game at nickel, that maybe they are using three safeties and being able to – I think Iloka's interchangeable between a deep safety and hybrid linebacker. Harrison Smith obviously is tenfold that he could do either or, so it just kind of depends where you want to play Harrison, whether – you know, what is opposite of that with Iloka, but – I could see that as a possibility if Hughes and Alexander are going to take a while to get ready. Yeah, you could even see Harrison Smith taking snaps as the nickel corner. I mean, he's done that a, a number of times. He's guarded the, the slot receiver one-on-one, and he's pretty good in man coverage against wide receivers because he's just that good at football. Uh, so that would mean Sendejo and Iloka are your two safeties in that situation, and you could shift things around just to give Terrence Newman a rest. Uh, so maybe that means that Craig James doesn't make it. I, I, just, I don't think he does. I, I just thought it was it. interesting, though, that the other night, that's who came in after Newman, and he played almost the whole game, and I thought played pretty well. That would be kind of like a one-week type of thing. He's in there and probably doesn't play, and they try to work around it, and then Hughes or Alexander comes back. It's just trying to figure out who makes this 53, and we know it changes the day after. I've brought up my Bucky Hodges bet before. Uh, that I technically lost on Bucky Hodges because he made the 53 and was cut the next day. So there could be guys who make the 53 and then it doesn't really work out as as far as like the long-term roster. Uh, But that's part of us not really knowing the injuries. We don't know with Coley's situation. We don't know with Hughes. We don't know with Alexander. And that makes it very difficult. But as far as your point on J. Ron Kurz, yeah, I think it's probably time to end that experiment. That, you know, yes, he was pretty good last year on special teams as a punt gunner. But if you can't really trust the guy at all to come into a game, that's the thing with Marcus Sherrills. You could trust him to come in and play corner if he has to but for some snaps. That's the thing that irked me about the third preseason game. It wasn't Terrence yeah. Newman and then Marcus Sherrills. That's it was true. Terrence Newman and then Craig James. And maybe that's because of special teams. I understand that in the return game. But he's been playing a lot of nickel in in practice. With That's the, true. With the second team, I guess second hybrid third team defense, or whatever you want to call it. So 
those injuries are interesting because we don't know how much longer either of them are going to play or either of them are going to be out. So could Marcus Sherrill's, could that even further his case to make the roster in his ninth year because he could be your backup nickel? Did you have him? I'd have him on the mind, yes. Yeah, yeah, me too. I Um, have 11 in the secondary, which is how many they had last year going into, well, that's how many they had on the 53 when they made cuts. Um, Six corners, five safeties. I'd be willing to go out, if I had to redo it right now, I'd be willing to go out on a limb and say seven corners and four safeties. Yeah, that's possible because Cheryl's is really, his focus is special teams. And he shows us every time how difficult it is for everybody else to return punts. And he's great at it. And they say, no, 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 this guy will do it this year. And Mike Hughes looked like he couldn't really do it that successfully last year. Rodney Adams, Coley, everybody struggled. And yet Marcus Sherrill's doing his thing again. So I would definitely have him on the team. Um, any, any other ones before we go through the players who really need a big game on Thursday? Defensive line's tough. Uh, yeah. I get the argument about why people don't think Afadi Odenabo is going to make this team, but I think you cannot count out what he did as a de- as defensive end depth. So tell tell me then who you have. Okay. Do you have that in front of you? Stand by. Just just for memory right now. Go, go, go. Um, football. Football. Everson Griffin, Daniil Hunter, Sheldon Richardson, Linville Joseph, Brian Robeson, Jaleel Johnson, Tashawn Bauer, Stephen Weatherly, Jalen Holmes, and Afadi Odenabo. Okay, so, so who's, who's the last? Oh, yeah, that's 10. That's a lot. That's 10. They usually keep nine. Look, if Jalen Holmes wasn't a fourth-round pick, he's not here. You're right. Like, don't get it twisted. They're not going to cut a fourth-round pick. This isn't Willie Beaver's part two. They're not they're, – they just can't do that. So, you know, and he, he's had a quiet preseason. It's been – he's done nothing wrong. It's just a matter of the depth that they have on the interior where, um, you know, they've been throwing David Perry in the mix there and then, you know, working, obviously, Jaleel Johnson more at three-tech – the last few weeks and Afadi gives you that flexibility where he's inside and then he kicks out to defensive end Mm -hmm. and you want that rotation with your pass rushers then you go with this you go with this right here and plus fact of the matter is you can't sneak him back on the practice squad not gonna happen you don't think so no because zero percent chance because he played well and I will do a milkshake bet with you right here okay all right it's on Afadi Odenabo will either be on the roster or he's on someone else's next year. He's not in the practice squad. Because I was thinking that he would be the exact type of guy that you would put back on the practice squad because he's shown some of the flashes and progress that you wanted, but there's just not a space for him. I would be really surprised if Deshaun Bauer was cut. He's played really well in preseason. He missed the one game, but the other two games he's good. Uh, I think Stephen Weatherly has been one of their best players in preseason. And on a daily basis, I've seen a lot of growth uh, from Weatherly where last year he wasn't all that noticeable. And then this year he has been so much more. And he's a a great athlete, too, which is what they look for. So those two guys are are locked into spots. I am with you on Jalen Holmes. He's been good enough to keep around, but uh, hasn't really shown a whole lot. So maybe he is kind of that extra guy. And a fourth-round pick would be really tough to sneak onto the practice squad if you cut him. Someone else would would pick up Jalen Holmes. So that leaves Adenabo as the guy that is very mo- much on on the bubble. bubble. Yeah, we we can make that we can make that milkshake bat. And one more thing, I want to I, I want to get to your list. So offensive line, I struggle. Cut everybody. I struggle. Every this one, one keeps me up at night. I wake up at three in the morning in a cold sweat because what? I'm like just build around Brett Jones. Yeah, build around. Yeah, he's it's interesting. He's small. I know that you weren't you didn't get to see him yesterday. You'll see him today. He is smaller than Nick Easton. 
Hmm. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. I asked Mike Zimmer about like those six two ish tweener guys that wear down. Uh, you know, I think that there's there's a case there, but he likes him because he's thick and he's short and he's stocky. So that'll be interesting. I just want to get that point in. But I have I have them keeping right now. I think it's nine. Yeah, I've got nine on the offensive line. I've got Reef, Compton, Elfline, Remmers, Hill, Brett Jones, uh, Collins, O'Neill, Danny Isadora. Notice I don't have. Um, Cornelius Edison on there. Yeah. And it's not set in stone. We don't know what the hell's going on with Pat Elfline. That is a fact. Right. Like, that is the, the biggest conundrum here. If he's only going to be out three weeks, and then you start facing Los Angeles, and you face the Eagles the week after that, you don't want him locked up on the pub, on the pub for six weeks. Right. And then you have to activate him. You have a 21-day window to return to practice. Yada, yada. So I could see them saying, okay, Elfline's still a few weeks away. Let's just suck it up, put him on the 53-man roster, and then we've got Brett Jones. And then I have the qualms about, okay, well, you don't want to go into this thing with one center if Elfline's not ready to go. But then who do you get rid of? You jettison Danny Isadora? Um, Maybe, but he was taking some emergency snaps at center the other day in practice. I'm stressed. I'm really freaking stressed. (laughs) I can't do this. Um, Because it's like... You know, Tom Compton looked terrible on Friday in pass protection. Awful. Does not look like an NFL starter. Um, could you see him gone? I don't know. I'd it's, be stunned at that. I could see Cornelius back on the practice squad. I could. I, yep. I think they could yep. probably get him back there. Yes. But everything else, I'm very concerned and I'm stressed out. And I'm Okay, panic button, I'm, I've hit it. I've completely hit the panic button. All right. I would try to calm you down, but that's not my job. You have to calm yourself down. Actually, don't. Just, you just, like me just like keep going. Yeah, just I've keep got going. the Zolgad vibe going yeah, on right you now. Do. I feel like yeah. I could fire off some really hot take columns. I, I got several tweets and emails about how Judd was way too fired up about the third preseason game the other night. Judd was when a kicker misses, it's just like his head just explodes. Judd was, but Judd, let's give Judd some credit. He was on this train. He was April twenty eighth or whatever day the fifth round was this year. Judd so. is stunningly good at irritating fans with his theories and then his theories turning out to be correct. So we'll see with, with the kicker, but you're freaking out about the offensive line as I should. And as, I know that a lot of people on our, our podcast listeners get very irritated with our safety depth talk and talking about the offensive line. I know, but you know, with Kirk cousins sort of just having a normal preseason, it's not like there has been a whole lot to really talk about. Like, Oh, did you see that? You know, check down in the third quarter or something. Well, I mean, they haven't even played. He hasn't even played in the third quarter, so it it hasn't really been a whole lot to talk about. He's made some good throws. He's been under pressure a little, and that's it. But the offensive line, the fact that they went out and traded for one, as we have been talking about for some time, shows you that we're on the same page as them as far as being concerned. But to your point. I got a few tweets about, hey, would they leave Cornelius Anderson at center and move Pat Elfline to guard when he comes back? Like, what? that's going to be a no. Like, if you think Cornelius Edison has been good out there, then no. I don't know what to tell you. And that's the thing. Like, he's been serviceable. And I think the Denver game, he looked good-ish. Uh, the last few games, not so much, especially this last one. Um, and that stresses that's a, that's a stress point right there, I think, for the Vikings where – you why they went after Brett Jones seems like an indictment of well Elfline's not going to be ready right now and we certainly don't want this as our option and and Edison was never supposed to be this no, he wasn't supposed he's a to practice squad player he at most he was supposed to be uh oh our starting center got hurt and we have to put in someone for two quarters and that's all that Cornelius Edison could really be 
I don't think that other teams would be swooping in no. to steal him. So to have him on the practice squad would make sense. Brett Jones steps in as your starter. And then if anything happens mid-game, you just have to throw in Danny Isadora, and you're probably in trouble at that point anyway. Uh, so I am with your offensive line. I just I agree with you across the board. There isn't anyone there that I'd say that there is even really all that debatable except for Edison. And one point, towards the end of the week, I don't think it's – I think you don't rule out another trade. Yeah. If there is another trade, I think Danny Isadora is the trade bait that you can use. He's a you know fifth round pick two a year ago. Um, looked not great, uh, not great at all on Struggled. on Friday. And yeah. I think that there's just I just don't think he's ready to be where he's at right now. But you could potentially use him as some sort of leverage if you are going to replace one lineman with another. Yeah, it would make a lot of sense if they continued to look on the free agent market for guys that get cut or potentially make a trade. There shouldn't be any sacred cows on this thing. I mean, there's nobody that you're like, well, better not get rid of him because in practice and in the games, it hasn't looked very good. Well, Tom Compton is one of Kirk Cousins' best friends. How would Kirk react to them cutting Tom Compton? Go. I would imagine he would say something like, no. In that type of voice, too. <laughs> yes. If they went to him and said, all right, Kirk, we want to uh, potentially get rid. No. Do you no, think? No, I mean, no, Do you think they get, <laughs> he's not going to be able to watch moon phases with anybody anymore? I know. And, and look, this is how life works and sports works. If you are the $84 million franchise quarterback and you want your best friend to play left guard and the difference between him and another backup left guard is not that much, mm-hmm. you're like, okay. You can have your you can have your buddy. I would do that too. Everyone would do that. And I, I'm not saying it's entirely Compton being here is entirely because of that. It's not like he's a guy off the street that that cousins like he's always wanted to play football. Like <laughs> the guy has started a bunch of NFL games. It's just that he's not a starting left guard. So when Elfline comes back, Brett Jones, who is a starting NFL player, he will slide over. That's the way I see it. I'd be really stunned if they decided to. Uh, move Compton over there. I feel like I needed more more preparation to give that Cousins prediction of that. I know. Scenario. I did put you on the spot there, but I think you handled it very well. well I kind of threw you into the fire like they're throwing Brett Jones. That's true. That's very true. All right. Let's and, get to your we'll list see if he because I've been up. obnoxious. Yeah. I know. I was on um, a Tennessee radio station. They asked me, like, all right, what's to watch in this fourth game? I was like, uh, Brett Jones? Do you guys know who he is? Did you say or? Brad or Brett? I said Brett. Oh, I thought you said Brett. I was like, see, we don't even know who he is. Depends, we can't even get his on how he right. plays. That's not how he plays. We it's can. always it's always my theory of like, oh, we'll get your name right if you play okay. What if you throw a red zone interception and your name changes? <laughs> yeah, then then right. Situationally we could just change players' names. That's what that's what we do. Anyways, all okay, right, so I'm so looking at your list right now. Let's do, I agree um, with a lot of this. Let's do quick hits. Yeah, here's where our music comes in. Yeah, there's I'm not gonna take the time to edit in music, so if you just wanna hum. I'm, no, I'm kidding. But I've got 10 players that I think really need to have a good game on Thursday, or they could be on the chopping block, starting with Kyle Sloter. He's been really good, but A, he's not the backup quarterback, and if you say that, you're a lunatic. If like, you say that, turn the podcast off now, but you're not right. going to like what we have to say the like, next two minutes. If you think that a guy who last year in Denver camp got cut while Trevor Simeon was made the starter... it and Trevor Simeon has operated the number two offense all through training camp and has like a nine and seven record as a starter for a season is going to not be the number two behind a guy who lit up some fourth team in the preseason. You're just, you just stop. 
Like that that's not how any of this works. And and there's some uh bloviating going on out there, like, oh, he's looked great all season, all preseason. Did you watch him in yeah. camp? Well, like, and, and he's also been up and down camp and some of the preseason. Some of the preseason. Factor in who he's doing these fourth quarter comebacks against. It's not your first team defense. It's guys who are going to be potentially in a situation like him that are, you know, in in several that are nowhere close to making the roster for any of these defenses. So I think Kyle does need to have a big game, but I also am in the camp that their quarterback room is set. I agree. I think they will keep three because Kyle has shown enough that they want a guy if the worst situation ever happens and somehow he has to get into a game that they can trust him. He knows the offense, he's been around, and he could play a little. Plus, with his athleticism and arm, he hasn't always been a quarterback. He was a wide receiver. So this is a a project-type guy that maybe at some point in his career gets to play or be a number two. That time is most definitely not now. And even though I'm sure the Vikings would have preferred Trevor Simeon play better the other night that's not how they're judging Trevor Simeon his big sample is the guy is a fringe NFL starting quarterback as opposed to someone who's only ever played against third and fourth team in the preseason so calm down on that one but I still say Sloter needs to have a good game though because if it doesn't go well and maybe there's another position where they're like well if we, if we think because in camp he hasn't been very good no. when he's gotten in there. So their bigger that's sample. That's the reason he hasn't gotten a lot of reps. Right. So their bigger sample is, eh, right? I mean, it's kind of like Taylor Heineke. Remember Heineke through, maybe you don't, you weren't really here yet. I watched that third preseason game that Kirk loves to reference so many times. I'm not quite sure why. I watched that late game yeah. walk-off win. He had some moments. Heineke had some moments. And they decided at the end, well, this guy's ceiling isn't what we dreamed it would be, so that's it. Yeah. Um, so- I, he can't lay an egg. Let's let's agree on that. Yes. He cannot lay an egg because then he's on the chopping block more so. Uh, I still, we both agree that they're going with three. Uh, Mike Boone and Rock Thomas. Collectively Rock, go yeah. after them. Thomas didn't play in the last game. We never really got an explanation for that. He wasn't hurt, but he kind of was in, in practice. So we will see on, on those two. Uh, Boone has had some really nice runs, and he is a freak athletically, and he can catch the ball. But there's also times where you wish that he had a little better vision in mm-hmm. in his running, and maybe Thomas is a more natural runner. I think this is kind of Boone's to lose, though, don't you? Yeah, I do. And I asked Mike Zimmer about that yesterday. You know, is it is it patience? You know, you know, what have you noticed about him? waiting to let the run develop um, and letting the plays develop so he can hit the holes. And that, you know, for him, it's what Kennedy Palomaro is teaching them about routes and about where they need to go is, you know, get to the dot. That's mm-hmm. the point that you need to get to. Um, I think that Boone struggled with that on Friday. I'm not putting all the blame on the offensive line, but it was not that great on Friday night, especially the unit that he was playing behind. I also think part of that, too, um, is the fact that you know they stack eight in the box. It's not an easy team to run on. Uh, Zilstra and BB we talked about, yeah. but Zilstra needs to show that he has any reason to keep him around. It's got to well, help me, you know, get my Mister Mankato thing back on track. I know, I know. For as much as you were Team Boone, uh, you didn't pick him for Mister Mankato. No, I picked Zilstra. And my Mister Mankato, I think, is on the team at least to start because he's suspended. Caleb yeah. Jones. And he may eventually be on the team, but he hasn't done so much in the preseason games. In camp, he's been good. But in the preseason games, he's got a handful of catches, hasn't really stood out. By the way, is it at this moment, is Chad Beebe Mr. Mankato? 
Did anybody have him as their pick? No. Wow, then we all suck at our jobs. He's the leader right now. He's but the if, leader. But if Boone or Thomas has a big game, then, then they, they, can then be. they can win it. Who had Boone? Do we know? Um, I don't know. Judd had... Judd, Should have the kicker? Judd had Rock Thomas because okay. he's afraid of kickers and he loved Rock Thomas's name. Uh, Daniel Carlson on my list, he needs to make a kick. He just needs yeah. to feel better about himself and make a kick. And Mike Prefer talked about how atrocious this, the special teams have been and that it's unacceptable. The return game has to be better on all accounts, which is where I think Holton Hill could come in. I know you have him on your list as well. But with Daniel Carlson, I mean, that's he's got you have to rebound from what's going what happened against Seattle. You have to make those kicks and you know there's going to be more pressure situations than that. If you can't handle what happened against Seattle and your coach dogging you after the game, then it's not the job for you. And I know that that's not exactly the best way to get the most out of players, but did did he not coddle Blair Walsh a little bit too much and then maybe he's taking the opposite approach here? I wonder if he throws a clipboard at Daniel Carlson if he misses another field goal. I mean, it's just if you're Mike Zimmer, you're like, can you just get me a kicker who will make them? I well, mean, you had <laughs> one and you cut him. I know, I know, but he wouldn't make the extra points. And I don't know. I, I, I've thought about this a lot with the extra points and how unlikely it would be that Kai would continue to struggle with the extra points. It would be stunning if he continued to have that same problem. That more likely than not, because of his history in between 30 and 40 yards, he would get better. He would improve on that, especially with him working on it. So if you're playing the odds, you would have said, oh, he'll get better at that because it's kind of just a freak thing that he's missed so many. And he was kicking on turf. Let's, let's, not, let's factor that in, too. I mean, it's harder for kickers when they come Is in. it? Yes. I mean, BT's been on grass his whole life. No. Yes. Look at the no SEC way. stadiums. Those are all grass. Oh, you mean uh, you mean Carlson? Oh yeah, who did you think I was talking about? Oh, I thought you meant Kai. Oh no, sorry. That, that, that would have been the. I thought you meant that that was the explanation for him missing. Extra no, points. sorry. I was like, nah. sorry, I, I kind of zoned out there. So not, I'm back to Carlson. Not buying it. Um, yeah, okay. I mean, maybe, maybe it's a thing. You should be just kick the ball. I, okay. Yeah, that's fair. He made a 57 yarder on turf in practice one night, like right down the middle, and it was at the top of the uprights. It's like this. The, he could kick. Just don't screw it up. Um, a guy that we haven't talked about really at all is Tyler Conklin, and that's bad for him. He and Blake Bell are sort of like neck and neck. Did you have him making your 53? I have Conklin on my 53 only because the, the fact of the matter is he's a good blocker. And I think Blake Bell's injuries have kind of you know put him a little bit further down the depth chart for me. Uh, he's, you know, Conklin's a fifth-round pick. You know, was not expected to be the F tight end that they never had. Uh, you know, there was <laughs> right. there was a thought that, hey, look at him catching passes in college. Maybe that'll translate to the NFL. Um, Kyle Rudolph's going to be taking the majority yes. of the tight end snaps that are going to be receiver snaps. But as we saw on Friday night, they're going to be utilizing two tight end sets on either side of the tackle to aid the blocking scheme. They have to. Do you think that Kyle Rudolph around draft time every year just cackles, like goes through his Twitter and just like, okay, here we go again. It's draft night in the fifth round. The Vikings take and Kyle Rudolph's like rubbing his temples. Oh, is it a tight end? Oh, it's a tight end. <laughs> and uh, okay, another guy who is not going to beat me for anything. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> I mean, his job couldn't be any safer. Yeah, like right now at least. Maybe next year with his cap hit. But um, Conklin, Conklin was a good blocker in practice and towards the end of training camp showed that he could catch some passes. I know he had that red zone catch. That was yeah. pretty impressive. Um, but his his role is going to be a blo- as a blocker. 
Yeah, or just as nothing. I mean, he might be not active for games. Yeah, because that's it fair. might just be Rudolph and and Morgan. I think you can. I, I think you can roll two on the forty six. I wouldn't even be totally stunned. I mean, I a little bit because fifth round pick or whatever. But when a guy shows just nothing, it's like ah, on such a stacked roster, it makes it hard. And it wouldn't completely blow me away if they cut both of them and they just rolled with two and then maybe looked for another one down the line if someone got hurt. Um, They went with two in the playoffs and decided to have four quarterbacks on the active roster and just two tight ends, and that it didn't seem to hurt them in the playoffs. So I had J. Ron Curse. We talked about him and Craig James and the offensive line for the most part. Um, I will be really interested to see Brian O'Neill. I think he should play like the whole game. Start Just him at get, right? get as many reps as he possibly can. And then, so you're saying start him at right. Who do you have starting at left? Aviant Collins or yeah. do you have Storm Norton starting at no, left? No, they, they could play Collins and O'Neal for like the whole first half at least. Get yeah. these guys as many reps as possible because they both have talent. I think that's clear that Collins has talent. He's not quite ready to press for the job. And O'Neal has a boatload of talent. It's just it's not developed yet. It's not polished. At one point I thought, okay, if Rashad Hill continues to stay hurt and or sick or whatever, and O'Neal is getting all these first team reps, he might be the guy. But as we've gone along, especially those joint practices and then the Jacksonville week, um, it, it, it made it quite clear where they stand on Brian O'Neal. They're not going to press this guy that if he's got to get in some work this year, maybe he'll be a six lineman in some packages or something, but he is not going to be a, a guy who's starting at right tackle as a rookie. He's just not ready to do that yet. No, and I think that he could potentially compete to be a swing tackle, but I still think that goes to Aviant Collins. Me too. Yep. I yep. I am with you that it's pretty clear that Collins is the Jeremiah Searles now, that he's the one who's going to, oh, there's injury at left guard or right guard or mm-hmm. left tackle, and Collins is probably the first guy in for all of those. Um, or maybe maybe it's Compton at the guard positions, but um, Collins has made a name for himself in this preseason. It's just no one is competing for a starting job, I don't think, do you, in this fourth preseason game. No. Do you – okay, riddle me this. Do they, <laughs> do they of all of the – and I'm, I'm including Tom Compton in this just because – just because I am and I can. Do you, Of the – Reserve guys, some that were thrust into roles that they're probably not ready for, some that are nowhere near ready but are just kind of there. Does Where does Compton fall? Is he not clearly at the top of your list? I mean, is he a candidate to get cut? I don't think so. I don't. No, I don't think so either. And I, I'm we're making fun of the whole you know, article about the Compton and Cousins joking about moon phases or whatever, which I still never really understood where all that was going. But... Um, I think it's more just you want guys who are proven to be solid backups in the league. The, Compton is hardly a guy who's going to come in and give you above average play. But there's a big difference, as Vikings fans have learned, between someone who can give you below average play like Jeremiah Searles and someone who can ruin your season like TJ Clemmings. Mm-hmm. I think that Compton is much more toward you know exactly what you're going to get. It's not going to be great, but... He's going to be able to fill in. He is an NFL player. I think he's got to stay. So uh, I don't think that there is much chance he gets cut. I would be really surprised. Is there a guy that you have as a surprise cut? I, I don't know. I don't think I have one. I wouldn't call J. Ron Kurz a surprise cut. I wouldn't call. I, I mean, 
really and truthfully, I wouldn't call Marcus Sherrill's a surprise cut. No, that it, one is it wouldn't kind of, stun me. It wouldn't. It wouldn't stun me if he makes the roster. It wouldn't stun me if he doesn't make the yeah. roster. Um, I don't think I have one right now because I could see Odenabo. I could see um, one of the offensive linemen. I yeah. could see, as I said, J. Ron Curse. I mean, unless there's, I don't know. I don't think there is one. I don't one. think there is yeah. one. I mean, sometimes you have that those situations where it's like John Sullivan, they decide to move on from or something. You're like, oh, it's a little surprising because he's been here and he's pretty good, or he was pretty good at one time, but he lost the job. What if they move on think from we like, have what, that. Ryan Quigley or something like that? That would be yeah. a surprise cut. But I I mean, they didn't even give him any competition, so they're not going to do that, yeah. I don't think. So, I, I yeah, I, the, the most <laughs> – the only one that would be like mind blowing would be Daniel Carlson. Oh if they God. moved on from Kai Forbath and then cut Carlson and brought Forbath back. I think Judd's head would explode yes, all over this table. Yes. I'm I'm not rooting for anyone to get cut, but like just for Judd purposes, that would be hilarious. Um, so anyway, okay, well, we've got to get out to the practice field. Now the Vikings are practicing. We got to go. So we will talk to you again when we break down that number four preseason game. And then we can finally get into a real opponent. One week from right now. We're almost there. We'll be preparing for all of our articles and every all of our content for the 49ers game. It's only taken us a few months. I know. Since the March free agency period, but almost there. I'm getting football chills. Like footballs are running up and down my spine right now. I'm just thinking about it. So hopefully they are for you too, Purple Podcast listeners. Goodbye. The Venture X Card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.